0: hello and welcome back to another episode of kaiju curry house it is episode 71 our names are paul alex and joe today we are talking about joe and dawn's adventures up in scotland but first of all paul what have kaiju been up to
1: thanks for asking alex um i'm probably gonna Bore you now slightly because I haven't been watching any Kaiju films or TV shows or reading any Kaiju books or fantastic. novels. Fantastic! Why? Are which you is a that? fantastic start. I know. Tell me yeah, about yeah. it. Okay. But, but um, I have mm-hmm. been playing some Kaiju games. Oh. So yep. Yeah, um, and as it's a fortnightly podcast, let's kick off with Fortnite because obviously the, we're going to get down with the kids here for a second, and we're just going to say. Despite it being season um, six of chapter two, called yeah. primal, and there's, a, there's an island called Isla Nubla Blah, which I'm assuming is a reference to Jurassic Park. There's velociraptors running around on the island, and you can tame them so they can run you know, and hunt with you, just like in Jurassic World. There was not a single tie-in to the films. And I just wanted to get that off my chest because it it wound me up. Well, this is a safe
0: space for you, Paul, so thank (laughs) you for sharing that. I'm sorry that you feel betrayed by Fortnite.
1: I do feel betrayed because they should have been a Jurassic Park Jeep or something. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it was a licensing issue? Maybe. I mean, they've had, you know, Star Wars, Avengers, Justice League, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. But no, they can't have Jurassic Park when there's dinosaurs on the freaking island, can they? You can't have nice things. I can't. They don't like me. However, maybe, maybe kids wouldn't get the references you, I don't do, know.
0: you do have a face hugger to the right of you on your sofa.
1: I do, yes. Got, um, I thought, because I didn't have anything on the screen, no, I no, thought. No. Oh. It's
0: a show, show and tell. Why don't
1: you um, show us your face hugger? <laughs> you want to show me? Hang on. Show, I can show you my face hugger. I'm get it, get do you it out. Go on.
2: an animal import license for that?
1: Oh, look at that. It's beautiful. No, he's quite, yeah. quite friendly. Yeah, lovely looking thing. Yeah. I've got a cuddly one as well, and almost, a smiley face oh. on it. But um, yeah, no, it's he's not here in the man cave.
0: Yeah. And how much was that priced out?
1: Um, this actually came with the Aliens Colonial Marines video game, so it was a pack-in with the limited edition.
0: And was it better than Alien Colonial Marines?
1: No, it it was actually was it that game? No, it wasn't. It was Alien vs Predator, which was a good game. Yeah, Alien, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien vs Predator rebellion, game was good.
2: Oh, um, uh, Was it Rebellion?
1: Um, it. I think it, yeah. So it was. It wasn't. It it's it's not the original like late nineties one. It's mm. more the two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, okay. that one but, yeah good. it's good. I
2: played the heck out of that. That was fun. I yeah.
0: think the the trouble is that since Alien Isolation, that video that game, was was, fantastic. That game has crapped over, all over any video game from the Alien franchise.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's fair enough. It is, um, yeah. On top of that, uh, I mentioned for the probably past two or three episodes I've been playing a game called Outriders. Um, finally completed it, and I haven't seen any new kaiju aside from um, the, the biggest boss... Who is like a kraken Mm -hmm. and i'm now onto the post-game content so that's expeditions where you basically grind you do the same missions again but harder faster to get better loot so So
0: is it it, it like a hack and slash
1: no it's um it's a third person shooter imagine gears of war crossed with destiny do i have to if you if you know games no. and that's what we're talking about joe has no clue what, no, um, no no he's got no idea which, right. which is fine we
2: knew
1: where you were
2: going with Fortnite. i mean joe has no
0: idea what we're talking about because joe's <laughs> around a culture quite annoyed. yeah
1: i'm, I'm not a well, no, 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 because I, you know um, I'm joe things.
0: joe reads you
1: know oh uh, yeah, um, yeah yeah i'll try and do that for the next episode i'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll read.
0: try reading a book pop um,
1: for Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if any listeners or viewers are playing Outriders and want to join me then please by all means Um, I'm Godzilla fan on Xbox and we will go kill some kaiju together and aside from that um, as this is recording we're on the week of E3 which is like the Super Bowl of video games so there's bound to be some announcements of awesome games with some cool creatures and I will do my best to edit some videos together for the YouTube channel so by all means check that out Alex what have kaiju been up to? That was nice delivery, Paul. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Okay, well,
0: I have been quite fortunate in that I received an email from the uh, studio company The Asylum, very cool name, and they released a film called Ape Versus Monster. Mm. And
2: That's vaguely reminiscent of another
0: film. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I can't now, quite think why. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. It is a film, and... Yeah. It's, it's, it is it's def- film, it yes. is. definitely a film. It could be accused of being a film. And it is a film that we are going to be watching and reviewing, I think, in the next couple of episodes. Fantastic. Um, uh, so we're going to go in for this. We are going to watch uh, Ape versus Monster. And I, what I will say is that, you know, I... Cannot comment on what it's like. Uh, I've only seen the trailer. Um, it looks interesting, looks quirky, and we are being graced by the director of Ape vs Monster, who wants to join oh, us cool. for that episode. So please watch out for that, folks, and we'll release that as usual. And um, so that was that, that was nice that arrived in my inbox. In other news, have you seen that our boy Daimajin is appearing in the sequel yeah. to? Uh, yeah, yeah, is, is appearing in the sequel to the Great Yokai War? Had you heard, Joe?
2: Yeah, and he- yeah. It looks amazing.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So Daimajin's not been seen in 55 years in Tokusatsu, so the fact that uh, Takashi Miike is releasing a sequel to his 2005 film, uh, The Great Yokai War, uh, this one's gonna be called The Great Yokai War Guardians, and uh, Daimajin is one of the monsters, or one of the yokai in that, so that, that looks quite cool. Um Takashi Miike, if, uh, if you're wondering who that name is, He's more renowned for kind of the horror genre. He did some, like, fairly sort of achingly horrible horror. He did Audition. He did Itchy the Killer. These are probably films that you're familiar with. They're, 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 they're not very soft-touch films. No. Um, they're, they're So please, you know, um, any younger listeners, don't kind of search up, oh, Takashi Miike, Itchy the Killer. No. Um, however, The Great Yokai War is actually a family film. So, what I can say about this director, he's done a huge range of different genres. The Great Yokai War is sort of a PG kind of 13 film, and his sequel is set to be fantastic. Uh, finally, I know that on the 24th of June, a day before my birthday, Godzilla Singular Point is being released on Netflix in the UK. Mm. So, I am going to binge that. I, I have been. I'll, I will it. join you for that. Yeah, Um, Joe was encouraging me to watch that online. I know, Joe, that you speak incredibly highly of Godzilla Singular Point, and I'm excited about that. So I'm just gonna sit, and for my birthday, I'm gonna treat myself to watching the anime Godzilla Singular Point. Um, Joe and Dawn, what have kaiju been up to?
2: Um, Can we spend an episode telling you about what we've been up to that's been monster-related? No, you have two minutes to tell us what you've been up to. That's (laughs) it. (laughs) Right, well, Dawn, my lovely partner, Hi. Hi. Yeah, everybody. This is Dawn. Um, she kind of lives with me, so that you know, so guilty of association of a lot of monster goodness that goes on in this house. I'd say um, whether it's willingly or not, I, I I cannot say. But she's.
1: I'm sorry, Dawn.
3: Yeah, I kind you. <laughs> you.
1: Dawn, what's
0: the worst film that Joe has ever <laughs> played for you? Now's your chance. It was the one that you recommended me. One that I recommended. What? Godzilla versus Is Megalon? Megalon.
2: Is that the worst one?
3: Oh I don't know. I don't think so. I mean Tammy, the T-Rex was quite special. <laughs> yeah but that was
2: so bad it was good. That was so bad it was good. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean I feel like tricking me in the uh in the Lord of the Rings and then telling me afterwards that I'd watched the extended edition. Mm. <laughs> Those aren't bad movies.
2: Those are not bad movies. Extended edition is the only edition of Lord of the Rings that anybody should be watching. <laughs> the oh, extended uh, edition of the Lord of the Rings
0: trilogy is the only way to do it. Absolutely, I will fight people on this. If you're no, I, I,
2: the Lord of the Rings, you show them the extended edition
3: and give them no choice.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, no choice. It's
0: either three and a half hours per film or nothing.
3: Yeah, it, go it's, nothing. you know,
0: yeah. It's, it's, yeah you go, wow. <laughs> um, so. Dawn, as Joe's spouse, you've been subject to quite a lot of um, dicey um, and debatable um, kaiju movies. What have been the highs and lows before we go into your adventures up in Scotland? What movies have you enjoyed the most from the genre? (laughs) Trevors. Love and Monsters, yeah, I love
3: that film.
0: How great is Love and Monsters?
3: Yeah. 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 Thank you for that,
0: Joe. Yeah. Um... Uh...
3: My mind has gone blank.
2: You enjoyed Hell from Beyond the Fog. You thought that yeah. was an interesting art, artistic movie.
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy that one. Um, and well, there's a few that I didn't make it to the end. Yeah.
2: We tried Shin Godzilla, <laughs> but someone may have been tired.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's standard with being a parent, isn't it? It's kind of that time is money and energy and a film kind of needs to be special.
2: I've shown you a couple of Harryhausen films. i have shown you Seventh Voyage to Sinbad*, mm-hmm. which is fun.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, clash of Titans. We
2: mm-hmm. watched that. We got the projector out and watched that outdoors, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, showed you *Creature from the Black Lagoon*. Yeah,
3: wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm *Creature
0: happy. from the Black Lagoon* is wonderful.
2: And she likes *Shape mm-hmm. of Water*. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: There, there yeah, are lots of movie.
2: like pretty decent films. I I try to like subject on to higher quality so that she can kind of like. You know, I, I can shock her with the other stuff when she's truly part of the fandom.
0: Absolutely. So kind of bring Dawn into the fold with the richness of our I culture mean, and then...
3: started with Mechagodzilla, not Mechagodzilla. Which one Ooh. was Mechagodzilla?
2: No, it was Godzilla the... versus Megalon.
3: Yeah, this one. That That was quite early on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what a perfect choice. Which well, is
2: alluding to the fact that maybe that's not the the highest quality Godzilla film. Has. Perhaps
1: I um, What about Legends of Di- Legend Dinosaurs and Monster Birds? Oh no, I
2: wouldn't show it no? that. No, okay. The
1: legend <laughs> The Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds is a classic.
0: Is. I mean, just for I'm glad you the actual feel that name,
2: way, Alex. I'm really glad you feel that way, right? Paul? The the
0: name alone is a lot to unpack. The Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds.
1: Oh, you come around on it then. That's good.
0: Um. When you say I've come round from it, I've I've been through therapy and I'm processing it now. There were no dinosaurs or monster birds in the film.
2: Yeah, there weren't. There weren't. There really were no dinosaurs or monster birds in that film. Dear me. There wasn't even really a legend. It was just people like, oh, they're there. Mm.
0: Uh, Joe, what kaiju media have you enjoyed recently?
2: Um, I watched the latest episode of Godzilla's Singular Point recently. Um, that was last Thursday as it was released in Japan. And Godzilla's final form finally makes a full-fledged appearance. But what I was most excited about was the design that they had for the final form of Rodan, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Like this black mass with kind of like yellowish like orbs built into its skin and it was about to do a beam and then Godzilla just nuked it so I mean it, it had like three seconds of fame in all reality but yeah. um, it was absolutely lovely they keep changing uh, Rodan's design throughout the course of the series so whether there's going to be more or anything or we're going to see more it's, it's just going to be fun but all the designs that they've incorporated into that series for all the nostalgic like shallow mm-hmm. fans like myself they're great How many episodes
0: are there for Godzilla Singular Point on Um, Netflix? I
2: think there are 13, so we're in the home stretch for those of us who are watching Japanese releases.
0: And is the vibe that there's going to be a follow-up season, do you think?
2: At the moment, like, having not seen the end, the door is still kind of left open. Mm -hmm. I can see them also wrapping it up in two, three episodes, so juries out from where from where I stand currently, but mm. I mean would I watch more? Yeah, happily. Because these Brilliant. creatures are theoretically stuck in our world now. Mm-hmm. So and there's a lot of them. So yeah, yep. there's room for follow-up.
0: Okay. Um well why don't we take our first break and when we return, I believe Joan Dawn, you're gonna be taking us through your exciting adventures in Scotland up at Loch Ness. Cool. Right. You
2: went real-life real, mon- real life monster
1: right. hunting. You went
0: real-life monster hunting. Let's hear all about it in a moment. Thank you.
1: Hello, and welcome to the second part of Kaiju Curry House. Um, right now, Joe and Dawn are going to tell us about their trip to Scotland, where they hunted down a real-life Kaiju at Loch Ness. Joe, take it away.
2: Right. So this has been a dream of mine since I was probably eight years old, and I'm not shy about telling folks that so dawn being the wonderful woman that she is decided you know we're just going to make this happen and it was going to happen right before COVID hit Mm -hmm. so our trip got delayed but we didn't lose faith and it was always going to happen but what i guess the extra time gave us was just time to prepare so we had what i would essentially call the perfect holiday in scotland um this we went last Thursday at the time of this recording and uh, we were up there until Sunday evening.
3: Yes,
2: and then um, yeah, made our way back down, but it was fantastic in all respects, the weather, the people were lovely and yeah we'll just take you through it so pardon my PowerPoint skills, but. Uh, you'll see some of our pictures coming up. So. Our first day, um, we flew out of a southern airport and landed in Edinburgh. And you can see me waving with the Edinburgh sign there. And I was very excited. And uh, Dawn is seen there clutching the emotional support paperwork that I printed out for her because we had a schedule that we wanted to keep. And we were going to keep it, and we were going to be organized like the proud adults that we are. So yeah it was a great, uh, it was great. We just landed in Edinburgh and everything started to click. So we picked up our car and we had our dinner, which probably wasn't like the best meal that we had on the trip. I had Subway and Don had McDonald's. McDonald's, Yep,
3: that good old trusty Big Mac.
2: Yeah, well, we, it was one of those things. We got the car and then we decided, oh, well, let's visit a gas station before we go trekking through the Highlands. And that was what was available. And since we were set to arrive at the hotel around nine, we figured, yeah, just quick. So off we went. So then we had our three hour drive out of Edinburgh. There's the fourth bridge that you see in the lower left hand uh, corner of what would be our screen. And it was gorgeous to drive across. Um, Like I said, it was really clear skies. It was brilliant weather and we got to see for a long ways. And it was just picturesque. And then the other picture that you can see Um, if you're watching along on YouTube is uh, a sunset as we were driving through the Scottish Highlands and you know we had just gorgeous like these really tall trees like the hills all around us it's just everywhere you looked it was picturesque and some of the things I will say to the good people of Scotland you take very good care of your roads as someone from the Midwestern United States is something I keenly appreciate and I will applaud you for Um, at one point We did encounter some construction on the road though and we had to follow behind a convoy vehicle Mm -hmm. which don nor i have ever had to do before but it was kind of funny because the start and end you could see and And there
3: were traffic lights and
2: they had traffic lights too so this person like we they they were like the pacer vehicle in a nascar race we had to drive behind them and we couldn't figure out why because we could see the start and the end and nothing exciting happened and there were traffic lights But it was very novel and we really enjoyed it that that gave us a good half hour of banter i think on this three-hour drive so we were quite we you know it was good it was good so after that we arrived at our first hotel which was the columba hotel in inverness it is absolutely amazing Um, for anybody who wants to do this trip who wants to go to inverness we hardly recommend the columba hotel it is right on the river ness and we stayed in their suite, which they have.
3: The Nest Suite. Yeah, the, yeah. Nest,
2: the Nest Suite. And when we booked it, it was one of those things where, again, I've wanted to do this since I was eight years old. And it was I wasn't necessarily going to go John Hammond, but we could spare a mild amount of expense on this trip. And so when they emailed us saying, the Nest Suite is available for an extra 17 pounds, we were like, well... For 17 quid, I mean, okay. And boy, oh boy, was it amazing. We got our own fireplace, a 60 inch television.
3: chandelier. A
2: chandelier, two sofas, king side bed. Um, we got our own kind of like balcony area. with seating for two, which overlooked the res- River Ness. And it was right across from the Inverness Castle, like right across. And then we had an enormous bathtub, like everything in there. In our bathroom was like marble floors and whatnot. and they had the largest shower I've seen yet in England, Scotland or <laughs> Wales. So it was nice. And the shower head had pressure, which was another thing that I was really thankful for. When we left on this trip, our shower was actually getting fixed. So we had been jonesing for decent decent uh, shower head pressure for a while. But the columba Hotel, like I said, absolutely incredible views. It's right in the thick of it. It has parking, it has a restaurant. The staff is so friendly and helpful. And again, if you're looking at this um, from YouTube, you can see pictures of us and pictures of the room that we stayed in. And then if you're looking, it would be to the left on our screen where it says the Klumba Hotel. If you look down, it's the window with to the, it's the farthest over, basically the one in the center of the picture where you see the blinds drawn, that was actually the room that we stayed in. And it was great, like, we just had an amazing time. And at night when the Inverness castle is lit up, it's just spectacular. I don't know what else to say. I think
3: there's a picture on the next slide.
2: Yeah. So, okay, here we go. So Inverness, um, we got there late at night and that unicorn was actually, uh, there's a picture of a unicorn, Scotland's national animal. Mm-hmm. bit sad it isn't necessary, but, you know, we wanted an, an animal that actually existed. Anyway, um, so we have the picture of the unicorn in the center of the screen. It was this large statue that was in the Old Town Center, and we snapped that picture as we were coming in the night before. The picture to our right, which is the interverteous castle all lit up at night, that was taken from our hotel room. And like I said, it's just spectacular. It's gorgeous, the ambiance that you get from that. It's incredible. The picture farthest to our left is the River Ness, which actually flows out of Loch Ness. This is one of the two channels which is connected to the ocean. It's a shallow river. Um, We could actually see to the bottom. uh, There was peat in it, which made it very dark, which is something I'll comment on later. But um, it's shallow, and like we just walked across it There's a bridge, we walked across that in town. And then we went into the uh, museum, which was adjacent to the castle. You wanna talk about that Dawn? That was kind of your brainchild.
3: Uh, The museum, yeah. So it was sort of a a a museum of the Highlander um, went through right from the the Pict um, clan people civilization, um, right way through um, to the Jacobite era and then beyond um it was really detailed it was really personal um and it and it gave you an overview of their their whole history um obviously Mary queen of scots um bonnie prince charlie they had um what they what they believed was a lock of hair from bonnie prince charlie in there as well
2: the original artifacts they had in their collection was really impressive like it was, mm-hmm. it was it was really really good like if you're a fan of Outlander, say, which Mm -hmm. Dawn is, they Mm -hmm. had all the good stuff that you would want to see. They had, Mm -hmm. like Dawn said, a a lock of Body Prince Charlie's hair. They had relics from all the different clans. They had Pictish art, which was gorgeous and stylized Mm -hmm. representations of animals and mythical creatures, no less. Um, They had a very amusing picture of what Nessie actually looked like. Um, Very short person with a horse head waving its arms wildly. Apparently that's what Nessie's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. according to the pics, who are the people who originally uh, created the myth. But it, it was fantastic. And then they have like a little natural history section, which I really appreciated. I love puffins. So I got to see some puffins while I was there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really nice. And they have a very cute little gift shop with, and I hope nobody takes us the wrong way. But if you go to Inverness and Edinburgh and a few places in Scotland, you're going to get a lot of touristy style gifts that you can get anywhere. But Mm -hmm. one of the really lovely things that we came away with um, from this museum was a necklace for Dawn. And it was a bluebell that had been picked at Loch Ness. And they gave you the date and everything that it was picked. But what they did is they encapsulated it in resin so that she could wear it as a necklace. And it's really lovely. And that's the kind of like wholesome gift that you want to come away with on a nice holiday like this. And so like, yeah, it had a really lovely gift shop full of things like that like home handmade goods and yeah it was great but that was like our day in Inverness um from that day we then went to Culloden Moor and this was Dawn's thing that she really wanted to see on our trip it holds a great deal of interest with her and Dawn I wouldn't do it justice if <laughs> I spoke about it so please go ahead
3: well my um Knowledge of this is is purely from Outlander. If anybody hasn't seen that, I'm afraid there's no kaiju, but it is a great show. Um, So, this is the um, Jacobites' um, battle, war, um, campaign, um, injustice, just their general fight for um, their their culture um, against the British. Um, and the Hanoverian um, Empire at the time. Um, the uh, Battle of Clodden was in 1746, and it was the, the final, the ultimate um, battle that had been going on for for quite some time, um, 100, 150 years at least. Um, and this, yeah, this was Bunny Prince Charlie's sort of last stand and gathered all the clans, Clans, that I might say, had fought each other for for centuries before this and and all joined together to, to fight for this cause. Um, unfortunately, 1,500 Jacobites uh, were killed in the space of less than an hour. And yes, it did not end well for them. Um, this site is, their, um, is the actual battle site, and I must say it's preserved really well. There are flags so you can see the government line, there are flags so you can see the Jacobite line, and, and the, the way you, you walk around, there's headstones for each clan, and the way you walk around means that at one point you are, you are walking the charge so that they would have made, and it just felt really um, emotional and really...
2: Yeah, it was really, it was emotional because it's one of the things it's that we, you know, emotion, we, yeah, know, we didn't go into the actual museum that they had on Claude and but because we'd been to the Inverness Museum, we'd seen quite a bit. And because I'd read up on this a little bit before we, we went and saw it, it is really sad because these people were fighting for their culture. They They didn't agree with who was on the throne at the time, basically a foreign ruler. They wanted someone who was, you know, from their actual country, at least, like leading everybody. And in addition to that, they wanted to have, they wanted to retain their culture. They wanted to retain, you know, their way of life. And what this battle essentially came down to was forced British rule and more or less the erasure of a culture or a people. So one of the things that I found out is the Highlander way of life ended essentially with this. The tartan that everybody associates with Scotland, that that wasn't allowed. They weren't allowed to keep weapons. They Just so many rules, and so, they were so strictly monitored after this. And it's sad because they were so decisively beaten. Um, they'd had quite a few nice victories, and then they were driven back. When Don says 1,500 Jacobites were killed in the space of an hour, the... British Army's losses were about a hundred so it was very decisive and you just you feel sad but at the same time when you visit this monument it's it's really tastefully done and it really honors like the spirit of what was trying to be kept alive now luckily um, there's kind of been like a cultural resurgence in Scotland and people are now like paying attention to what Highlanders did preserving you know traditions you know, Bring some traditions back. And it's really nice to see that. But this was really kind of a high point in the trip because the local culture and the surrounding area is just it's really beautiful to take in. And if you're gonna go to Loch Ness just to see a monster, you're I feel like you're gonna find so much more because what the locals have to offer and what you can find out about the Highland way of life. It's really lovely and it's really wholesome, and it just adds so much to the trip. So don't shut that out if you're going to go there. If anything, it enhanced the trip for me. And I had been wanting to go since I was eight to find a monster. It ended up being one of my favorite parts about the trip.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I like that you've added so much depth to this episode, where I thought we we're just going to be talking about Messi. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take our second and final break, and when we return. It would be lovely to hear about the lighter aspects of your trip. Thank you very much both of you for sharing this. I think it's been quite powerful. Yeah. We'll return in a moment folks.
2: Hello and welcome back to episode 71 of Kaiju Curry House. This is Joe and I am joined with the lovely Don and tonight we're going to tell you about our trip to Loch Ness and the Ray Harryhausen Titan of Cinema exhibition uh, that featured heavily in our trip to Scotland. We just got done speaking about Culloden Moor, which I will emphasize again, is a totally worthwhile side excursion if you're gonna visit Loch Ness. It's some 15, 20 minutes away from the lake itself and it costs you nothing and it will give you such a wonderful taste of like Highland culture and you will learn so much about their history. So anyways, moving on. We went to Loch Ness. And some of us may have been more excited than others for going to Loch Ness. There we go.
0: That's the pictures. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway, um, it was kind of funny because while we were packing for this trip, Dawn has a lovely National Geographic style-esque DSLR camera, which is, you know, the bee's knees for taking pictures, you know telescopic, you know, anti-blur, all of this, you know, high resolution. And she's like, should I take my big camera? And I just had to sit down with her for just a moment and, you know, just sit down, like level myself. It's like, Dawn, if there's anywhere you're going to take a big fancy camera, it's Loch Ness. Because God forbid anything happen, we would never forgive ourselves. So yeah, I took the big Nikon camera. Um, I That's just really me posing with it. Dawn fielded it and she got all sorts of lovely images. We have hundreds of images from our trip and they're all fantastic. Um, The pictures that you can see on my screen, again, if you're at YouTube, is me posing rather jokishly with the big camera because we all know what supposedly lurks in Loch Ness. And if there was going to be a picture taken, we were going to get one. The other pictures are us um, in front of Urquhart Castle, Urquhart Castle itself, and then just a beach at Loch Ness, which, you know, with nice weather, it looks surprisingly swimmable and lovely. And Loch Ness in and of itself is an actual beautiful place. And when you go on the, well, we took a rather, would you call it a ferry?
3: Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a,
2: it was like a small ferry, but we went with the Jacobite Loch Ness um, tours.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, That's a lovely place because they have their own large parking lot, which is always useful in the UK. And we, we took advantage of that, but uh, they have a nice little restaurant with a cafe. They, again, a very wholesome gift shop. It wasn't just selling like Loch Ness Monster knickknacks and magnets. It was some really lovely, um, tartan, cashmere, um, their own brand of whiskey, which they brew. It was it was great. And then we went out on a large uh, boat, like a ferry, and it had all the amenities that you'd want, you know, like restroom. It had like a little bar on board. There was a closed area. There was an open area because it can get quite windy and cold on Loch Ness. And then there was a tour guide. And as we were going up the lake, we saw the old lighthouse. We saw where the paddle boats would have stopped. We saw the lovely like old manor houses, some of which were rebuilt after the Jacobite rebellions. We learned about that. Again, it was just really lovely to take in the local history. Nessie hardly featured at all in the tour, but because I've been wanting to go Nessie hunting since I was eight, I already knew everything. So the whole time we were on the boat, I was pointing at stuff and going, was in that story. Don, that, that sighting took place over there. And, you know, she, she was very lovely and she humored me during the whole two-hour <laughs> boat ride. So Loch Ness is, um, I think, 28 miles long, something of that night, And it's deep enough to swallow up the Eiffel Tower whole. And that makes it a huge body of water. And there's more water in that lake than Wales and England combined. You couldn't say Scotland because Loch Ness is in Scotland but it is a massive lake and it's very atmospheric because on either side of it, you have these really tall hills, if not mountains and the water is jet black. So when you look at the water, they say it's brown. Okay, it might be brown if you're shining a light through it, but when you look at it on a clear day, it is black. And my background is in psychology. And so I will say this to anybody listening, if you've ever been that kid that was leaving a dark basement, you know, like you shut off the light in a dark basement and you ran up the stairs because you got creepy vibes and you didn't want to be down there because you thought something might be chasing you up the stairs. Lot Ness kind of gives that vibe, but in a different way. The water is again, jet black, but there, it's loaded with fish like salmon and all the rest. So it is a valuable food source for anybody living around there. So in my interpretation, If you were a pit on a small dinky boat fishing and if you dropped anything into that water, it would instantly disappear. Of course, you're going to get creepy vibes from it, especially since it's such a massive body of water. And I think that's kind of where Nessie came from. It's like you wouldn't want to go swimming in it just simply because you couldn't see your feet. Like what else could be down there? Like what could be rubbing up against your feet? And I think that's partially where Nessie comes from. Now I say that it might be a psychological thing. There are all sorts of studies and fantastic media on what Nessie could be. Um, there's a book by uh, Nicholas Wycaul. Um There's one by Tim Dinsdale who actually saw the monster. And then um, there's a fellow named Mackle who did some great um, statistical studies on the Loch Ness Monster and its plausibility. But, um, I think what if you really want to read something about the Loch Ness monster, there's a fellow named Adrian Shine, and all of his work is from that of a field biologist and a naturalist, and he runs the Loch Ness um, Center up there, which kind of delves into the Nessie legend. Unfortunately, when we went up, it was closed; it got kind of flooded. So, with the addition of a flood and COVID, um, they took this opportunity to remodel. So, sad times there, but we actually saw Loch Ness. Now, if you're actually um, looking at this on YouTube, the picture with the two of us together, if you're a Nessie fan, you'll recognize that we are right over the exact spot where Nessie would have been in the McNabb picture, which is a rather famous picture. Um, It just shows like a large creature kind of swimming towards Urquhart Castle in Urquhart Bay. And where we spent the majority of our time in the tour was in Urquhart Bay, which has been the site of the majority of the sightings of Nessie. So it was just really cool. It had some great ambiance. And Jacobite was the way to go when we looked at it because it wasn't like a little ski boat and a guy telling you yarns about Nessie. It had legitimate culture uh, thrown in. So yeah, Loch Ness, dream
1: box tech. So Joe, can I just ask, was there an alternative to the, to, you know, to the culture and just like a cheesy Nessie tour there and lots of cheesy souvenirs? Or is it actually just a lot more culture than there's a lot i might give it credit for
2: there is a lot more culture there are cheap Nessie tours there but they aren't like they aren't the ones that you'd want to go to if you're looking at them like we saw a couple of speed boats that didn't look either comfortable i mean like it's it's relatively cold there and the wind was whipping around because you know you're just in this valley on top of a cold lake and they were just jumping around a speed boat and it looked wet it looked cold and what you'd even hear over the roar of a motor I don't know so it's just not worth it like yeah. like again this was my dream so we were at the high end and yeah.
3: I, I should say there are, there are different tours available so there are like um there were ones where it's just a quick one hour tour we did the two hour like from from one end of the the lock to the middle Um, there were there were quicker ones there were longer ones Um there were ones that started from the middle of the lake so there were different options available um yeah we just yeah
2: we just. Yeah, That's good tonight. Master. So yeah, um, the slide that I've just changed this up to now, um, basically, once we got done with our tour of Loch Ness, um, we had we had essentially come in to in, and done Inverness, we'd done Claude Moore and we'd done Loch Ness, and then after that, we just kind of wanted to chill. So we wanted to be like, you know, thirty somethings that just wanted to go to a bar, chill out, and have dinner. So the second night, we stayed at the Loch Ness County House Hotel. Country. No, oh, countryside. Black choose <laughs> St. county because of, I'm in England now, but um, we were in Loch Ness Country House Hotel and it was amazing. So this is essentially like a wedding venue. So if you wanted to get married near Loch Ness, the Loch Ness Country House Hotel is where you're going to go. The grounds were gorgeous. It was well lit everywhere. Um, five-star dining experience all the way. Don and I Um, we were on the Jacobite tour and they say that like all the local salmon is sourced from Loch Ness and it's, it's never more than a day old at the, you know, it's usually the same day. So when Don and I saw salmon on the menu that night, we were like, ah, no, we're getting same stuff that Nessie eats. So, um, we had that, they have, um, like, like all the like nice whiskeys that you can want. Don had a whiskey drink. Mm. Unfortunately, I am not a whiskey drinker. It's just my palate. I have nothing against whiskey drinkers, but they did have a selection of nice ales from a local brewery there. And I had the one that was called Hoppiness. So there we go. I got, I got that. And then we uh, just kind of went back to the uh, room and watched The Last Leg. And we were just kind of pooped and fell asleep, didn't we? But- yeah, uh, It was a long day. Yeah, it was a long day, but it was absolutely lovely day. So the next morning uh, we woke up bright and cheery-eyed and we decided to drive back to Edinburgh early. So why did we decide to leave early? Because this is my dream. Well, on the way up, we saw the Highlands, but we learned through the Loch Ness Country Home Hotel or Country House um, Hotel that from the uh, person who uh, looks after the reception that there is a military road, an old military road that goes through the highlands and it is gorgeous. And it even goes past Balmoral, which is Queen Elizabeth's favorite place to hang out. And yeah, so we drove through that and Dawn took all of these pictures. I wanna give her sole credit for all of it. And it was just incredible. It was one of the best decisions that we made on the whole trip, taking this old military road back down from the highlands. It added an extra hour to our trip but we made it back to the vehicle rental place with two minutes to spare, so yeehaw! haw But uh, if you're listening to this, I'll just try my best to describe some of the pictures as they'll be coming up. Again, this is going to be on our YouTube. So the one that's on the slide now, there's a gorgeous little meandering river, um, trees framed by hills turning into mountains. There's a forest behind. And then in the proper foreground, there's just like a meadow sort of pasture where sheep would be grazing. But we just took all these pictures were just taken from the road. So there's like no special views that we had to park up for.
3: And I apologize for any blurriness.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Don apologizes for any blurriness. There's gonna be no blurriness should Nessie have appeared. I'll tell you (laughs) what, Wouldn't have tolerated that. So this next slide, again, just taken from the road, you see the road in what would be our bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And that that was the route that we took, but there are just these brilliant, like gorgeous atmospheric mountains and hills everywhere. And because it was such beautiful weather, it wasn't rainy, like blue skies, wonderful clouds, like it was just gorgeous. And what we've been told is that in times past, Many of these hills have been covered with trees, but during the Iron Age, a lot of this was cut down by the Picts who needed the lumber for other uses. And because the soil is so poor, it got eroded quickly and nothing grew back. However, the Scottish government is trying to regrow a lot of these forests and everywhere we went along the road, you could Mm -hmm. see the new Mm -hmm. trees that had been planted. So it was neat to see that the local ecology is coming back thanks to some good stewardship. Again, just lovely mountain hills, you know, flowing into mountains. This one has um, some snow on it. I dare say we may have seen a couple of glaciers, but it's it's just beautiful ambiance. The hills, and you can see the shadows of the clouds on them because they were just so massive. It was beautiful. Again, this next one, this is a valley with a little stream going through the middle, the stream just at the bottom of the valley, um, some sparse tree cover, and then some like hiking trails. And like every once in a while, we'd see like a little house or a farmhouse just dotted around, but it was just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And this one, I like it because half the valley is under a cloud and the other half is sunny. So it's just kind of neat to see where one stops and the other begins. This is just a gorgeous picture, um, this next one, because it's just a beautiful blue sky, the clouds, the mountains in in the far background with snow caps, some tall hills, some foothills in the middle foreground, followed by trees, and then again there's just another meadow where sheep have been grazing. All right. so after we arrived in Edinburgh and we got our car there just in the nick of time, we went to the airport got a tram into the center of town and we went to the Thistle Hotel which quite frankly we were a bit surprised because we just got their Bob Standard room and it was huge Uh, again we got fireplace enormous bathroom we got a nice desk you know crazy bed huge tv we got closets I mean it was really good value what would you say 127 pounds or something like that
3: I think it was 105.
2: Oh, 105. My apologies. I over, I overshot it there, but it was absolutely lovely. The staff were really lovely. Um, they let us keep our, our luggage there on the final day just because we would be trolling around town. So that was really fun in and of itself, but yeah, it was a gorgeous place. And it was, like I said, it's right. It, it's 15 minutes walk from Edinburgh, See, Center, would you say? Oh, yeah, it, even
3: less, potentially. Even yeah. less,
2: yeah, but it was yeah. gorgeous. So, first thing that we did when we uh, woke up was. Well, when we arrived. Well, oh, sorry, when we arrived. My apologies. This is the same day. Um, we went to the Ray Harryhausen Titan of Cinema. Now, we've talked with John Walsh about this before on the podcast, and there is no way that I was going to miss my opportunity to go and see this. And I dragged on with me. <laughs> And it was really lovely. And the whole experience was very tasteful. It was well put together. It was well organized. There was a clear flow in the exhibits. Everything was really easy to see. It would have been eye level for any kid. If you're an adult, you'd be looking down, It'd be really easy. Uh, I didn't take pictures of everything just to show them on this. I think it's really worth it, to, if you can, to go. Or there's a virtual exhibition that you can book on their site, the uh, Scottish National Museum of Modern Art, you can book a virtual tour. So I recommend that rather than just looking at whoever's pictures online. So yeah, anyways, we're gonna take a little bit of a tour here. So this is me, Don asked me to take this picture. It was fun, but uh, they have these tentacles all over the exhibit and you can sit and kind of pose in front of a wall with them. They're great photo ops, but yeah. I also wore my uh, Ray Harryhausen face mask because COVID, and we're going to try and be as Harryhausen-friendly as we can when we go to his exhibit. Hey, James, or Alex, I should say, we met Bubo.
0: As Bubo in all his glory.
2: Yeah, there were two Bubos, actually. We, two. We met both Oh,
0: okay. What the the smaller one when it flies across um yeah, yeah. the Kraken and then the, the larger oh, one? No, no,
2: no, no, not that, not that one. But um there were two bubos. I, I guess maybe you know, like there was a hero bubo bubo and there was a stop motion one. But we saw both bubos, and we were quite excited because we know that you have a special fondness for bubo, and we wanted to make sure that we called him out in all. Good
3: it old fun. bubo.
2: Yeah. So this and perhaps one other case had the most to offer me so we have the majority of the creatures from the valley of gwangi in this exhibit right here we have the eohippus gwangi and then we have a struthiomimus but i'm just going to call out the last remnant of the Redosaurus, which is displayed in the lo- in the lower left of our screen and while it may have been cannibalized while the you know, like latex or rubber may have rotted away. It was still the beast from 20,000 fathoms for me. It was still the Ritosaurus and it was the creature that inspired Godzilla to a large degree. And I thought that was very special to see that and be so close to it. So yeah, obviously need to photo op with it. This next slide, um, these are the 7th Voyage of Sinbad figures. And my mask was, taken from the poster of The Seven Voyages of Sinbad. And I was just over the moon to see these. As John Walsh mentioned, when we talked with uh, Jeremy Souls of X Plus, the Cyclops has for the majority deteriorated. And it's only his skeleton, its skeleton that remains, it doesn't even have an eyeball anymore. But it is there, that is the Cyclops. And the dragon was cannibalized for other things, but the dragon's head is still there. And I was just so chopped. And then the original Sinbad is there. And then we have the skeleton, which fought Sinbad. And then we have the two rocks. It, the giant crossbow was in pristine condition. But it was just wonderful to see these re- like actual relics from my childhood. Like I, watch, I still, to this day, occasionally watch these guys on screen. And I was right there with them. So it was a really special experience for me. It's kind of like when kids, when they're young, they go to see Mickey Mouse at Disney and they meet Mickey. This, for me, was an adult version of that experience. I've been, I, I really appreciate this art and it was wonderful to see it in person. So there was a room full of raised figures and some of them were in glass cases with an interactive environment behind them. Um, apologies for any lighting that you may see here. It was very reflective, what with the glass, but there's Talos with the interactive image behind him. And then the Hydra was really lovely. The Hydra, the Hydra, of course, being from uh, Jason and the Argonauts, and it was brilliant. Um, what Ray did is he chose the final poses for all of his figures. So all the figures that we saw in the exhibition were modeled, or you know, like put in the pose that Ray wanted them to be forever seen in. It was just really neat to see it with the Hydra because there's obviously a lot going on with that piece, perhaps more so than any other, and to see the detail that he decided to put into that was really lovely. And then of course, you know, Alex, again, we had to take a picture for you. We we found Medusa and she was pristine. She was absolutely gorgeous. And Looks as good as new. Yeah, she, she really was, wasn't she, Don? Mm-hmm. It, it was fantastic. I mean, she was having a bit of a bad hair day, but other than that. And then, you know, naturally we had to pose with the Kraken. This is the large Kraken that would have been used for close-ups it had all the mobile digits for its hands it had the eyes that would move the mouth but it's a, it's really quite large um i dare say like a small child you know it, it would be about that size like a nine, 10 year old it's it's that same size comparison this is perhaps the most special thing that i saw in the, in the exhibit these are ray harryhausen's actual tools and when you look at this from the point of an, like an amateur artist such as myself, like I make things, and I have about the same amount of clutter. I, I I have these exact same tools, and it just it really drove home to me that like if you keep practicing and if you have the passion for it, you can do it. You can make it. And I think Ray really tried to champion that while he was alive. And you know, like this exhibition, you know, it, it's for all the people that you know I like grew up watching these humble yet remarkable special effects and the fact that Ray was able to do these miraculous wonderful things and really like jumpstart a lot of imaginations with just a set of paints, some putty and some glass eyeballs. I
3: think that was in the, uh, in the exhibition as well. They talked about, you know, how uh, Ray himself was inspired by King Kong and then he was amazed himself that he inspired so many people and he felt like he was passing the book so to speak.
2: Yeah that that was a really special part of it they had a whole portion of the exhibition dedicated just to the people who said they had been inspired by Ray Harryhausen like Steven Spielberg like all like a whole bunch of people there quotes Gilmer del Toro was up there, Peter Jackson like there was just so many but these Humble tools were used by the master himself and they were just arranged so that you could see and it was just lovely like there's nothing there that's particularly expensive like anybody could do this but I thought that was very, very special. Alright, so apologies for uh, modeling some uh, lemonade here, but after we got done with the exhibition, we decided to walk around Edinburgh and Joe found a Mexican restaurant. and. I have lived in the UK since 2014 and I have found it. The Blue Parrot Cantina in Edinburgh, they make real Mexican food and are Tex-Mex. And so far in all my travels, and I am pretty well-traveled in the UK, that is the closest it's come. They even had my favorite Mexican beer. So if you are in Edinburgh and you wanna have a taste of Mexican food Go to the blue parrot cantina it's not a big restaurant there's like maybe like what eight ten tables Mm -hmm. you have to book ahead you just call them but they're really lovely and it's perfect it's beautiful it's (laughs) it's 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 beautiful i was i was really happy anyways that kind of concluded our day we may have walked around a little bit later maybe have gone to like a few pubs had a cocktail and then passed out again So our final day was the day that we were also flying out. We just decided to walk around Edinburgh, which is gorgeous. So the picture on the far left and on the far right are of, they're taken from what, the Edinburgh city?
3: The Prince's Garden. The
2: Prince's Garden in Edinburgh, and they're gorgeous and there's a fountain there that it has a lovely teal that's accentuated by um gold leaf or gold Mm -hmm. paint Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful on a sunny day i'm sure it's beautiful on a cloudy day but it's right in front of the edinburgh castle which frames it beautifully in perspective um and like it was like i said it's just a beautiful sunny day and the whole time we were wandering there we didn't see a soul did we (laughs) We didn't, we just wandered in and it was lovely. And you're like, wow, I mean, if you get into Edinburgh city center, you know, early enough, I guess you could just have the park to yourself. Little did we know that we did have the park all to ourselves. Apparently there had been an incident and the park had been closed off shortly after we had entered and they were in the process of getting everybody out of the park. And I mean, it wasn't like threatening death by any means, but you know, like we were alone in the park for about 45 minutes wandering around and then we tried to get out because we wanted to do other stuff with our day and we noticed like all the entrances and exits were you know cordoned off so we were wandering around thinking this is some kind of weird covid measure you can only enter and exit the park through a certain way we ran into a couple of guys in high business and they said oh you're not supposed to be here and I'm like oh well funnily enough we'd like also to leave so it was really nice they let us out and um yeah, but we essentially had the Princess Park to ourselves for about 45 minutes so that, that was quite special I felt. Yes. Um, we wandered all around Edinburgh. We went down the Royal Mile and yeah,
3: down to Hollywood Palace.
2: Yep down to Hollywood Palace. If you want to find your cliche Scottish gifts where they're very touristy that is the place to do it. Um, and then we went again wandering through the less traveled parts of Edinburgh and we found the bestest boy the picture in the center is of the statue is the statue of a little terrier and his name was Bobby. What do they call him, Don?
3: Bobby Greyfriars.
2: Bobby Greyfriars. Now, this little pupper, this doggo, if you will, this small boy, his owner passed away. And what Bobby did was follow the funeral procession into the cemetery. And he just kind of lurked around that cemetery and his master's grave for 14 years until he passed away truly making him the bestest boy in Scotland. And Don and I are both of the opinion that his statue is not nearly big enough because that is a cute pupper story. We truly do not deserve dogs. But yeah, um, that was our final day, just Edinburgh. So question we keep getting asked is, did we see Nessie? We did actually, we managed to catch it on video, didn't we Don? Oh, yes. Yes. So Don loves this video because I laugh at it every time. And I'm a dad who laughs at his own jokes. I am that person. So I will play it for you. And without yeah, that's that's Nessie as we saw. Um, I had to get like a funny funny video for everybody. Um, At least in that video, you can see how black the water is. But no, we did not see Nessie. I did not expect Nessie to make an appearance. I am on the fence whether or not there is anything in Loch Ness that's out of the ordinary that is living. But uh, I mean. I've got a couple decades of being a true believer and I've got a few years of being a bit of a realist, but on the whole, the trip to Loch Ness was one that I will treasure forever. Um, I will remember it, it ticked a box on my bucket list and I got to see the Re Harryhausen Titan of Cinema exhibition on my way back from it. So it was truly a monster kaiju holiday and we had one heck of a great time. But uh, I will say again, the local culture was as enriching, as enriching as anything. So please don't disregard it should you make this trip. Any questions, fellas?
0: Well, I will be brief because it is time for us to wrap up. Um, and I believe I've had a little bit of crackly noise in the background of my audio. So I apologize for that folks. Um, rather than questions, my personal recommendation, if nothing else, Joe, you very kindly gifted me The Lock by Steve Alton which was a fantastic read it's a great yarn fantastic so i recommend this you get a copy of the lock by steve olton paul if nothing else
1: uh well if nothing else i'm just going to suggest or say godzilla versus kong is out today as in the day that this episode releases on the 14th of june so um you know hashtag continue the monster verse go treat yourself to godzilla versus kong
2: for our, if nothing else, I think this whole episode has been us recommending things to do in <laughs> Scotland, but um, yeah, the, uh, the whole experience, um, it was fantastic. Again, recommend Jacobite uh, tours, the Inverness Museum, Claudenmore, go to the Blue Parrot if, Blue Parrot Cantina if you're in Edinburgh. Um, the Ray Harryhausen Titan of Cinema was everything you'd want it to be. And more. And if you are in Edinburgh, go say hi to Bobby for me and give him lots of pats. Don, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I concur with all of this.
2: There we go.
0: Well, thank you ever so much, Joe and Don. It's been an absolute delight uh, listening to your stories. We will see you all again, folks. Thanks, folks. As always,
2: keep it kaiju. <laughs>